6 this morning, Galatians chapter number 6. This is the last Sunday of 2021. It's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Already come to the end of the year. Again, we've looked at this theme throughout the year of continue. And I felt, again, just to bring a message, just kind of summarizing our theme. But uh, as we're here, again, in Galatians chapter number 6, um, we'll be looking at just a couple of verses this morning. But what does it mean to continue? You know, we, we've had the banner up there uh, throughout, throughout the year of looking uh, at this idea of continue from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 14. But what does it mean to continue? What does it mean to persevere in our Christian walk? And what does God expect from us? You know, there's a lot of things we can look at, we can understand and, and focus on with this, with this theme of, of continuing. And there's a lot of things that we looked at. And, and hopefully you've taken those messages, those ideas and thoughts, and, and want to continue to do it. It's not something that we need to stop, but we need to continue to go on. Uh, during the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City, there was a marathon runner uh, by the name of John Acaura. He was, uh, again... Somebody that would exemplify the term of perseverance. During the marathon run, he was running, and about halfway through, he got tangled up with some other runners and fell. He dislocated his knee, badly injured his shoulder, but he kept on going. He kept running and, and kept trying to run. Most of the time, he, he actually walked. And you can imagine a marathon runner, somebody that can run those distances, uh, you don't see him walking very often. But there were times he would hobble and run a little bit, and there were times he would walk. And due to his fatigue, his injuries, again, uh, being from, from one of the African nations to Mexico City, elevation was a big difference. He wasn't used to being at that elevation as well. All these things were culminating in his problem of running this race. But as he got into the, to the arena again, he come into the, to the, the final lap, and there were very few people left in the arena. An hour prior to... The first person had crossed the finish line. So there was an hour break from the time the winner until this guy was finally crossing the finish line. And there was a lot of people that asked him the question, why didn't you just quit? You knew you couldn't win the race. Out of the 75 runners that had started the race, he was the last one to come across the finish line. They said, why didn't you quit? He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start a race. He said, they sent me 5,000 miles to finish a race. And despite having a dislocated knee and other injuries, he was going to continue on and finish his race. And we go back and look at the Apostle Paul who said he had finished his course. Can we say that about us? Can we say that about our lives that we are going to continue no matter what happens, no matter the opposition, are we going to continue to do what God wants us to do? Our theme to continue is not something that we are to put aside because 2021 is almost over. It's not something that we're to forget about and, and come up with something new. And yes, we do have a new theme for next year, and we'll, we'll tell you that next week if you come back. But again, it's something we've got to continue to do, continue to go on. So here in Galatians chapter number 6, I want to begin reading in verse number 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, the Bible says, And let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, 
God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if, 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 if we faint not. This morning I have four thoughts I want to give you. Again, uh, uh, thinking about this idea of continuing and allowing it to, to resonate in our life as we serve the Lord in the coming years. Just because 2021 is over does not mean we are to stop, but we are to continue. But let's have a word of prayer this morning. Lord, again, we thank you for those that have given their time this morning to come to worship you. Lord, we thank you for, uh, again, just allowing us to meet. We thank you for this idea and thought that we've had throughout the year of, of continuing. And Lord, help us to do so. Help us not to put it aside. Help us not to stop, but to continue to follow you, continue to serve you, continue to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning, Lord, to, to put away the distractions, put away the, the things that are keeping us from focusing on your word. I pray that you would just speak to hearts, Lord, as only you can. Lord, touch hearts and lives here this morning, that they would, uh, again, decide right now that they were going to continue to serve you, continue to live for you. And Lord, if there's someone here that's not saved, I pray that they would get saved today. But Lord, help us speak to us now. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in the book of Galatians, we find the Apostle Paul writing to the churches in Galatia, according to Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 2. This is the culmination of churches in Galatia. Galatia, of course, is a providence of what we would call Asia Minor back then or modern-day Turkey today. This is more than just one church that he was addressing. It was a variety of churches in this area. And the epistle that was written was for the purpose of defending the doctrine of salvation by faith. Now, again, you stop and think about these churches and where they were at in this time frame. There was a lot of people moving from Judaism and following their beliefs into Christianity, what we believe and understand today. So, again, there's a lot of times people would simply want to fall back to what they know, fall back to what is comfortable. Today, we have that same problem where we would have a tendency, maybe I don't want to continue. Maybe I don't want to do those things that we've looked at before. I kind of feel more comfortable just sitting back and doing what I want to do. It's more comfortable to go back and do what I want versus what God wants. If you were to make a decision right now to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, understand that Satan would be right there to try and defeat you and keep you from doing what God has called you to do. He does not want you to continue. He does not want you to think about what the Word of God says. He does not want you to, to be faithful in following Him. Satan wants us to quit. And there's a lot of churches this morning that are full of quitters. I hate to say it, but that's just the truth. There's a lot of churches today that are full of quitters. There's a lot of places where they used to go, where they used to do, what they used to say, what they used to read, what they used to study, but they quit doing what they know is right. Now understand this morning, God does not want a church full of quitters. God wants us to follow Him. God wants us to be faithful to what the Word of God says. He wants us to, to continue to being faithful to church. Continue to be faithful to reading, studying our Bible, prayer, praying for others. Again, encouraging one another. There's a variety of things we could talk about and look at this morning that we find in the Word of God that we've looked at over this past year. So don't stop doing those things. Don't allow Satan to keep you defeated because he's going to try his best. But Paul didn't want these believers to fall away from the faith either. 
He wanted them to strengthen. He wanted to encourage them. And that's exactly what I want to try to help you with this morning. What is it that we can draw from this passage the Apostle Paul wrote? The first thought that I want to share with you this morning is found there in verse number 6. Share what we have learned. Share what we have learned. Verse 6 starts off and says, Let him that is taught in the word. This is where we need to begin. What have you learned? Simple question. What have you learned over the past year? I can't stand up, I mean, I could stand up here all day and speaking and spouting words all I want, but if you don't take them and do something with it, my job is pointless. I'm here to help you, encourage you, direct you in the faith and how you're to follow God. But if you're not taking those things and using them, if you're not uh, listening and, and heeding the warning, then what good is it? You know, there's a lot of people that come to church have a tendency just to turn off whoever's talking. Turn off what is being said and not listen to what the pastor, the teacher, or whoever it is, is saying. Now, I can understand if it's one of those meetings that you just didn't want to go to. You know, we've all been there. We've all had to go to those things. But this is, a, again, a church service. Each one of us here that claim to be a Christian have decided, made it a choice this morning that I'm going to get dressed, I'm going to get in the car, I'm going to drive to church, and I'm going to be here. So what's the point of making all those decisions if you just come to church to be like a pickle? Sit, soak, and sour. Because that's what we do. We get mad because somebody didn't say something or this happened or that. This, and, just, and that's what happens oftentimes when we come to church. We don't come expecting God to teach us something. Expecting God to show us something from His Word. We need to have that mentality that, hey, I'm going to come to church, I'm going to get something from God, and I'm going to be a blessing and an encouragement to somebody else because that's what the Bible tells me to do. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. That's why we come to church. We are here to encourage someone else. When I look at you, when I see those that have come, it's an encouragement to me. So if anything, you say, well, I haven't said anything to anybody. I came in late. I'm going to leave early. doesn't matter. You're an encouragement to me. But we are here to encourage and help one another. We are here to draw something, to get something from the Word of God that we can use throughout our life. Now, I will admit, I am not the best spokesman there is. So you can say, well, I have a hard time following that guy. Or he talks funny, talks too fast, talks too slow. He doesn't say things right. I understand all those things. You should see what goes on in my mind. But no doubt, we are not here because of me and my message, but because of the Word of God. What God's message is. Matter of fact, if I was to come down there and ask people in the auditorium, what did you get from your Bible reading this week? Would you be able to give me something? See, that kind of eliminates me from the equation altogether. What would you be able to do? Would you be able to tell me what you've read this week? Would you be able to tell me or share with me a thought, anything that God has given you through your personal time of Bible study? Again, this is what God has called us to do, right? We are to study the Word of God to show thyself approved. Right? So again, are we doing that? Are we feeding ourselves from the Word of God and helping us understand what it is God would have us to do? I want you to turn back with me to Galatians, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter number 5, if you would. Hebrews chapter 5, just for a moment. The writer puts it very simply here on what we're to do and how we are to, to take this learning as a Christian. Hebrews chapter 5, look with me at verse number 12. It says, 
For when you were, excuse me, for when, for the time, you ought to be teachers. You have need, to be, need one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have, meat, have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We have to stop this morning. Are we still babies in Christ? Are we still spiritual babes? Not able to handle the word of God. How are we to teach if we haven't learned ourselves? Are we stronger, more mature Christians today than we were a year ago? You know, there's a lot of things we look at with the new year. There's different things that we examine. Uh, many times people will make their, their New Year's resolution. You know, those things we don't follow very much. A couple of weeks into January, and then we throw them away. Uh, we can stop and think. We can examine ourselves spiritually. Do we know more about God's Word than we did a year ago? Have we learned more Scripture? Have we memorized more Scripture? Have we made it more of a uh, uh, spending time in prayer? There's a lot of things that we could examine, but too many times, all we want to look at is how many pounds do we put on and how much money do we have in the bank? Let's think about it spiritually for a moment. How much have we put in our memory bank of the Word of God? How much time have we spent on our knees in prayer? How much time have we, uh, again, uh, devoted to, to ministering to others' needs? There's a lot of things we could look at this morning. So as the New Year rolls around, don't think about just your physical being. Think about your spiritual well-being as well. How much of it do we know? How much time have we put into the Word of God? But why is it important that we learn what the Bible teaches? We learn so we can teach what we've learned. What is Paul mentioning here in our text? Teach what we learned. How is our lost neighbor, our co-worker, supposed to know about Jesus Coming to this earth, dying on the cross for our sins, if we don't tell him. We celebrated Christmas. Everybody loves seeing the baby uh, in the manger, or what they predicted or look at it to be. Things like that. What a perfect opportunity to share with them the whole reason behind Christmas. But do we do that? Do we take time to share with them what we know? Romans chapter 10 and verse 14 says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? That word preacher is a proclaimer. You and I that are saved this morning are to be proclaimers of the word of God. The salvation that is offered to all of mankind needs to be preached or proclaimed to everyone to hear of what God has done for us. And that is our job as believers. But it's more than just about salvation that needs to be taught. Most of us here have children, grandchildren, brothers or sisters who need a positive influence in their life as well. We are to teach others not just about salvation, but the ways of Christ through our words and through our actions. Why is it that we're to be different? Why is it that's so different about that individual? Are people looking at us from that standpoint? We need to be. The Bible says we're to be peculiar people. We are to be different than the world. But are we? Are we showing, are we demonstrating that in our everyday actions? Or is it just a Sunday morning thing we throw on our suit or our Sunday morning dress, whatever it is, and hey, I looked apart. It needs to be an everyday occurrence, an everyday reflection in our life, knowing that we have received Christ. Paul wrote in Philemon chapter 1 verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. 
We could look at many verses showing our call from Christ to share His message, to teach what we have learned. But Paul goes on to say in verse 6, to communicate unto Him that teacheth. We are reminded those who know the Word of God. You know, I love being told the old, old story. As the hymn writer says, tell me the old, old story of unseen things above, of Jesus and His glory, of Jesus and His love. There are times that people will share with me what they've gotten from their Bible studies. They, they will share with me the things that they've learned or, or what they've come across and how amazing the, the Word of God is saying, hey, I've read this a million times, but hey, the Lord showed me something the other day. I love hearing that. I enjoy hearing that. It blesses my heart. It makes me think that, wow, somebody out there is doing some good. But you know, there's other people that used to go to church. There's other people that we know that used to read their Bible. There are people that we know that used to pray, that used to be faithful to, to things in church and to God Himself, but yet now they have drifted away from God. They are no longer serving. They are no longer going. They are no longer doing anything for the Lord. There are people that need to be reminded of that old, old story. Those are the people we need to reach. Those are the people we need to talk to. Those are the people we need to encourage. There's a lot of people that are sitting in this room right now at one point in time have drifted away from God. But for some reason, somebody had taken time to share with them the old, old story. And they have come back. Why? Because again, they've been faithful teaching others what they have learned. That's exactly what we need to make sure we're doing is sharing that message with other people. We need to hear those good things that, that Paul mentioned here in, in our verse text number six. Tell them the good things. These are the doctrines of Christ, the truths found in His Word, the whole counsel of God, if you would. The Word of God is not just for salvation, but it's also for sanctification, how we are to live this Christian life. And we need to teach salvation to those so they can enjoy what God has done for them. But it doesn't need to stop there. Just like those need to get saved, don't need to stop coming to church. They need to continue. They need to, to learn those doctrines. They need to have that discipleship so they can understand more of God's Word. Tell them daily about your relationship through our actions. These are the reasons we are to learn the things and apply them to our lives because the second thought found in verse number 7 mentions there's a season of reaping. Number 2 this morning, season of reaping. Look with me at verse number 7 again. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Don't try to kid yourselves. There will be a time when we will reap exactly what we have sown. Some think and believe that they can uh, get away with whatever they've done. That they're not going to be held accountable for what they've done. But the Bible tells us clearly that it is God's law that we will reap what we sow. Years ago, we looked at the seven laws of the harvest, you may remember, on Sunday night. Each one of them cannot be avoided or changed. Because they are God's laws, not man's laws. Let me just refresh your memory very quickly. Law number one is you reap only what has been sown. Law number two, we reap the same in kind as we have sown. Law number three, we reap in a different season than we sow. Law four, we reap more than we sow. Law five, was we reap in proportion to what we sow. Law six, we reap the full harvest of the good only if we persevere. And law seven, we can't do anything about last year's harvest, but we can change this year's. 
Those are seven simple laws that God has placed in His Word that applies to each and every one of us. There's a harvest we will reap despite what some may say or what we try to tell others. One preacher said it this way, you can't live like the world Monday through Saturday sowing your wild oats, then come to church on Sunday praying for crop failure. It's not going to happen. You will reap what you sow. When we deny the laws of God and what He has established, then we are mocking Him. As verse number 7 says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. There are many around the world today who play church. Who have the outward appearance, but they are empty on the inside. And Jesus addressed this in Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 27. He says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Of course, that's addressing the religious people of his day. For ye are like unto whitened sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. There's a lot of people this morning that go to church that look good on the outside but on the inside are full of dead man's bones. You think just because you look on the outside, you go to church, you carry a Bible, that everything is alright. But you are dead inside, and you are only deceiving yourself. This is exactly what Satan wants you to think and believe. The Bible says that he is the father of lies, and the truth is not in him. And he's trying to plant that thought in your mind. Everything is okay. Everything is alright. You just keep doing what you're doing. Everything is just fine. One of the largest hindrances in churches in the Christian faith this morning is the idea of apathy. Many believers have become lethargic and lazy in the things of God. I don't care. I'm not affected. It doesn't bother me. Because of Satan's influence, we no longer see the world dying and going to hell. After all, we've got our get-out-of-hell-free card. It's okay, right? That's our mentality. That's what we're thinking. Why should I worry about those people? Wouldn't you want to worry if it was your family? Wouldn't you worry if it was your loved ones that was going to hell? That you wanted someone to reach, but because they thought, eh, it doesn't affect me, I'm not worried about it. What are we investing in? What will we reap? This is why Paul mentions our third thought, and that is sowing to the Spirit. In verse number 8, look at verse number 8 again with me. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Paul tells us here that there are two areas that we can sow our seed. The flesh and the Spirit. What does it mean to sow to the flesh? Again, it's one of those things that we, we throw around quite a bit in our religious jargon, if you would. But what does it mean? When we live a, a carnal life directly focused on only the things of this world and how we can benefit from them, then we are sowing to the flesh. Does that mean we can't enjoy things outside of the church? No, that's not what it means at all. God has given us different interests, different thoughts, and different things we can do outside of church that we can enjoy. But too many times, those things become more important than the things of God. If you have a, a musical talent, are you using it for God or your own benefit? If you have the ability to create things or build things or, or make things, are you using it for the honor and glory of God? Many people want to sow to their own flesh. 
their own desires to see how much they can get. Well, yeah, I can sing great, and, and I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to go sing at, at Cookie's Bar, or whatever it is, because I can make some money down there. Is that honoring and glorifying God? No. I can make this, and I can do that. Can you sell it? Sure. God has given you the ability, by all means. But use it as a witness. Use it as a tool, maybe to hand out tracts, to give out invitations, whatever the case. There's a lot of things that we can do and should do to sow to the Spirit instead of the flesh. I've given you a list of things before that people search for and live for. Fame and fortune are probably on top of that list. When earthly gain is all we want and all we seek after, then we are sowing to the flesh and of the flesh reap corruption. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 19 says, Whose end is destruction? whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Be careful of sowing to the flesh, allowing it to overwhelm your life. So what does it mean to sow to the Spirit? This is investing in the eternal. We should want to share the message of Christ with others. We should want our kids and grandkids know about what we believe and how important it is to us. Our co-workers, our neighbors should understand why we don't do certain things or go to this place or go to that place or be a part of this endeavor or so on and so forth because of what we believe, because of what the Word of God tells us. Colossians chapter 3 verse number 2 says, Set your affections on things above, not on things on this earth. What are we focused on more of? Getting the almighty dollar or being able, to, being able to share what we have with someone else. You know, it's pretty sad that in many churches today, they can quote more of the statistics of their favorite football player than they could about Scripture and the Word of God. We've probably all been guilty of that. I know I have. But we need to stop and think about where are we focused? What are we focused on? We believe what the Bible teaches, then we should allow it to command us and direct our lives. Christ is the one who wants to direct my steps and lead my paths in the way of everlasting, as the psalmist said. But the final thought I want you to see is found in verse number 9, and that is to stay the course. Stay the course. Look at verse number 9 once again, please. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if... We faint not. It's easy to become weary in well-doing when we're not doing things in the right power and in the right strength. We can get overwhelmed when we're trying to do things for ourselves in our own way, in our own strength. But when God is there to give us that strength, to help us as we're going through, then we can do anything for God. I could easily get discouraged wondering this morning, where's everybody at? And I often wonder that. Where are they at on Sunday night? Where are they at on Wednesday night? Why don't so-and-so come? Why doesn't this person show up? Where are they at now? It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to, to wonder where people are or get discouraged in whatever we're doing. Sunday school teachers may have the same thought. Well, where's this kid at? Or why didn't they ride the van? We have to remember that we are to do what God has called us to do, regardless of who is here. The Bible says that, uh, again, Paul was instructing Timothy to preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Doesn't matter who's there, Timmy. Just keep preaching. 
And that's exactly what we need to think about. That's exactly what we need to do is to continue to do what God has called. No matter what we think or how we feel, stay the course. No matter how hard it may be trying to live the Christian life, stay the course. When others drift away from their faith and doesn't do what the Bible says or doesn't think it matters anymore, stay the course. When kids aren't showing up in your class or getting on the vans anymore, stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. We've got to learn to continue no matter what. And that's exactly what we've been looking at this past year. This idea of continue. 2 Timothy 3.14, we looked at continuing in doctrine. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned them. What were the doctrines that we learned? You know, you go back and you think about what we looked at in, in just the adult Sunday school class. We looked at how our lives reflect fruit. We did a study on fruit by the bushel. We talked about patience, compassion, repentance, and many other topics. We moved on to the study of grace, a renewing grace, a redeeming grace, a restoring grace, a rewarding grace, and so on and so forth. We have many doctrines found in the Word of God that we need to be reminded of and continue to learn and study from. We also looked at continuing in love from John chapter 15. Jesus was instructing us to continue in His love. Not commanding us to continue to love, but to continue in the possession and the enjoyment of God's love as an evidence of keeping His commandments. This same love is what we demonstrate to others. It is manifested in His love that we can give to those around us. If there's anything this world needs to see more of, it is love. And those of us who are saved, we have been shown that perfect example of love through the Lord Jesus Christ. Why not share that with the rest of the world? Another topic that we looked at was focused on continuing in God's Word. We looked at John chapter 8 verse 31 where he says, Continue in my Word. If everything we believe is found in Scripture, would it be beneficial to us to stick with what the Word says? To go back to it again and again and again. To draw from it the things that we need. Again, our eternal destiny is based on what we believe from this book. We also looked at the idea of continuing in faith from Colossians chapter 1. We must continue in faith. Those things we find in Scripture. We are to be grounded and settled in our faith knowing what we believe and why we believe it. This is what we call the culmination to continue. Now, I know that seems kind of odd to say. But it's not that we're ending anything other than the year. But we are to continue to apply what we've learned. Continue to understand more of God's Word. Don't stop learning. Don't stop reading the Word of God. Don't stop applying what you hear. Because that's the important part of what we've looked at. Applying those things to our lives. Remember those things you sow to the Spirit will reap life everlasting. They'll be beneficial to our spiritual end and will help us throughout our life on this earth. But are you able to share what you've learned? Have you sown more to the flesh than you have to the Spirit? Let me invite you to follow God's plan and stay the course. 
As we bow our heads this morning and close our eyes for a time.